Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast uh, for Tuesday the 19th of December. Uh, I do a daily podcast, Monday to Friday, usually, on issues around Aotearoa, New Zealand's political economy, our housing unaffordability, our climate change in action, and um, what we're doing about poverty reduction. So I wanted to... Uh, focus on a few things today around housing and infrastructure and health. Firstly, yesterday the government announced a, an independent review of Kainga Order with former Prime Minister Bill English as the head of that review. Uh, we'll find out later this week what the exact terms of reference are and we'll see the first report, well, the government will see the first report in March of next year. This is because the uh, Housing Minister, uh, Christopher Bishop, and the Prime Minister um, announced yesterday that they were concerned about the financial background for Kainga Order. Uh, they pointed out that its debt had risen from $2.7 billion in 2018 to $12.3 billion in June of this year and was expected to rise to $29 billion by 2033. Uh, Christopher Bishop said he was concerned about the operating deficit for Kainga Order at $520 million in 2023, and he said it had been forecast to keep increasing. And he said this was an issue because it affected the uh, government's uh, balance, i.e. whether it was going to return to surplus and therefore how much it was going to borrow. Remembering that $12.3 billion in debt um, uh, is largely because over the last four to five years, Kainga Order has been significantly increasing its bill program and um, has been building thousands of new homes for people who are on a waiting list. Remember, there's about 25,000 households on the housing waiting list and Clearly, if we're going to address our shortage of affordable housing, someone has to build affordable housing, social housing, because the market doesn't at any great scale. And so um, the question is, who does it? Is it uh, community housing providers, the likes of Salvation Army and the various housing trusts? Or, or and or, is it Kainga Order? The previous government uh, under Labour and the Greens opted for Kainga Order. And the aim there was to build a pipeline of new building, of um, expertise, of uh, planning, to be able to um, build up the, the companies, the skills, to keep building at a rate of uh, upwards of 3,000 homes per year. Now, the new government has promised to fulfil uh, Kainga Order's current build programme, so that's for 23-24 of 3,000 homes. Now, Labor didn't commit to uh, uh, build more than, more than that in following years, um, and uh, it, one of its election promises was to continue on. National only promised to fill out the 3,000 uh, ongoing programme. But this financial review effectively freezes Kainga Oran's planning in place and joins with a whole bunch of other freezes on decision-making around infrastructure and funding 
and building and development for new homes in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So, for example, we know that Three Waters is being repealed. It's not clear yet um, how the government is going to replace the funding that Three Waters was going to provide. Uh, it's also not clear uh, what the situation is with the National Infrastructure Bank that uh, National is proposing or all of the city deals that National is proposing or whether the private funding that National hopes will step up and help um, build the infrastructure for councils instead of central government funding, how that will uh, uh, develop. The government is repealing the RMA and replacing it with a very early version of the RMA. So if you're in the business of trying to plan the various zones for your council, the infrastructure needs, the water pipes, the treatment plants, whether to do green fields, whether to do brown fields, um, who's going to pay for that, what are the development contributions, what are the rates going to be. If you're a council, you're in a world of planning pain. Particularly, you're in the process of um, fulfilling legislative requirements for uh, long-term plans at the moment, and that's why you've seen double-digit rate increases come through from many councils in recent months. Well, yesterday we also saw announcements from local government New Zealand. This is the um, collection of most councils, and Apopo, which is the collection of infrastructure professionals who um, look at the infrastructure needs. They've come out with a, a new survey of their members showing that almost all of them think we are underinvesting for the population growth that we've got and the needs we have to improve water quality, deal with climate change and maybe even think about housing affordability. So uh, local government New Zealand and a poor have come out with a... Uh, so, local government New Zealand and Apopo have come out with a joint um, presentation, if you like, which says uh, there is hundreds of billions of dollars worth of infrastructure work that needs to be done. Councils do not have the funding tools to be able to deal with this, and something needs to uh, change uh, for uh, any of these issues to be dealt with. Apopo talked about a tragedy coming down the pipeline of infrastructure underspending. I would argue we're already there when it comes to tragedy, but certainly um, there is an issue to deal with. And I'll put links to the survey and the various comments from the from uh, local government New Zealand into the email today. So in essence, we have a $100 billion infrastructure deficit as the Infrastructure Commission estimated uh, last year with another $100 billion in the pipeline, just with the population growth that's uh, forecast of around about half a percent. But remember, that half a percent official forecast from StatsNZ uh, compares with the uh, ongoing population growth that we've seen over the last 20 years on average of 15 to 2%. Remember last year we had 2.5% population growth. Now, the government has said that that sort of population growth, which uh, got up to almost 130,000 net migration in the year to the end of October, is unsustainable. And Christopher Luxon, the new Prime Minister, has ordered a review of the uh, uh, migration intake to see whether it can be tightened. However, um, 
Some other news of interest in the last 24 hours or so is uh, the CEO of Te Pukenga, the, the new national polytechnic organisation set up under Labour, um, uh, uh, is, is going. An uh, announcement came out yesterday. The new minister in charge of this um, area is Penny Simmons, a national MP who used to be the CEO of the Southland Institute of Technology which uh, was disestablished under the Te Pukenga reforms. And she has argued before the election and after that uh, this needed to be disestablished, and so it is. The trouble is, and there's uh, some uh, scoopy-type reporting out of News Hub from, from Lloyd Burr, is that the uh, um, polytechnic sector is in real financial strife. Remember, over the last three or four years, uh, many haven't been able to bring in international students and the polytechnic and university sector really depends on bringing in international students and charging them full fees to top up their coffers. And uh, that means, according to the leaks to Lloyd Burr, that um, all of the North Island polytechnics are essentially broke and are at risk of collapse. There's massive staff um, uh, exits uh, under pressure of not just the Te Pukenga uh, creation over the last two or three years, but now this announcement of the disestablishment of Te Pukenga. Interestingly, Penny Simmons was asked, well, how are these polytechnics going to survive? They're all running big deficits. She said, bring in more international students. The issue here, of course, is that international students are one of the ways in which you increase migration of temporary uh, workers, people with ability to work. And the uh, crossover between international education and the uh, temporary work visa industrial complex in uh, New Zealand is very strong. Uh, The deal is you often come from India, uh, the Philippines, China, uh, to earn some sort of uh, degree or qualification. And while you're doing that, you work, uh, earn money, send it home, often to help pay for loans taken out to get you into New Zealand and to pay for this education. And the hope is you get skills high enough to be able to get residency and then you can bring your family across. However, um, a lot of the uh, qualifications are not um, high enough to um, justify getting a residency. And so you see um, often uh, claims made by agents in these countries uh, to say, come to New Zealand, pay for your education, get residency, bring your family out, start a new life. Whereas actually there is no certainty about getting, getting residency. And so um, the two issues are at odds. If the government is going to tighten migration settings, they can't also at the same time ask polytechnics to ramp up international student numbers. Uh, The third issue I wanted to point to today is the reports coming out of a fifth wave of COVID, uh, leading to a significant surge in COVID cases, deaths, hospitalizations, going through Christmas and into the new year. It's called JN.1. Uh, This is the fifth wave of COVID um, uh, infections and the forecast from Michael Baker is that this wave will cause a thousand deaths and 12,000 hospitalizations. Uh, So this will put some extra stress on uh, an awful lot of people 
And I think it's worth mentioning, we don't hear a lot about COVID these days, but of course, if someone had talked about 1,000 deaths and 12,000 hospitalizations a couple of years ago, it would have made some headlines. The uh, fifth item I wanted to focus on today is Cyclone Jasper. This is a massive uh, weather event that's just hit northern Queensland and Cairns in particular. Over the last four or five days, uh, parts of northern Queensland have received upwards of 220 centimetres of rain. That's more than a year's worth of rain. And the various weather experts are saying, uh, as we've seen with Cyclone Gabrielle and other weather events this year, that the amount of rain in these events is off the charts, like nothing anyone has ever seen before. And obviously it's causing all sorts of uh, problems and grief. So Cairns is cut off from the rest of Australia. And you may have seen some pictures of the Cairns airport um, completely flooded, uh, all the planes uh, up to their wings in water. This is, uh, of course, about um, a heating planet, uh, El Nino uh, exacerbating that. And when you see a heating planet, you see exponential amounts of water evaporating into the atmosphere. And then, of course... um, at some point uh, landing on a piece of land and turning into a flood. And again, just a reinforcement that it's going to be the story of the rest of our lives, these massive weather events and the costs and the drama and the need to deal with them. Uh, Hopefully in some sort of um, just and sane and orderly way. That's not the way it's happening at the moment, but uh, let's hope we get there. And just finally, uh, news on the sort of inflation, globalisation, trade front. Overnight, um, BP announced it was pulling out of sending ships through the Red Sea. Uh, This has been a developing story for the last week or so, uh, as Houthi rebels uh, in Yemen, funded by Iran, have been firing drones and rockets and all sorts of things at ships, including um, US warships, uh, uh, various commercial ships going through that um, uh, that small passage at the Horn of Africa. This is important, of course, because this is how you get through the Suez Canal and out into Asia. About a 30% of the world's trade goes through that link, and if it's shut down, um, that's a problem. Uh, over the weekend, of course, we saw four or five of the world's largest shipping container groups, including Hapag Lloyd, MSC, and also Maersk announced that they were not going through that area. And I'll put a link in into the email today to a, an interesting chart and thread uh, showing the movement of US carrier forces to the Horn of Africa and the chatter that's growing about um, US strikes on Yemen to try to shut down these various uh, attacks that are endangering global trade, which of course... Um, The more difficult it is to get things around the world, the more issues you have with supply chain um, snafus uh, and higher inflation, as we saw during COVID and that interesting exercise where the train got the the, that interesting exercise where the uh, ship got stuck in the Suez Canal. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was today's dawn chorus for Tuesday, the 19th of December, for the Kaka. Uh, Thank you again to our paying subscribers for allowing me the uh, time and focus to do this sort of work. Kaki te anō.